Section 17 of Happy Days. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Happy Days by A. A. Milne. Chapter 17 The Financier. This is how I became a West African mining magnate with a state in the empire. During February I grew suddenly tired of waiting for the summer to end. London in the summer is a pleasant place, and chiefly so because you can keep on buying evening papers to read the cricket news. In February life has no such excitement to offer, so I wrote to my solicitor about it. I want you, I wrote, to buy me fifty rubber shares, so that I can watch them go up and down, and I added, brokerage one-eighth, to show that I knew what I was talking about. He replied tersely as follows, "'Don't be a fool. If you have any money to invest, I can get you a safe mortgage at five per cent. Let me know.' It's a funny thing how the minds of solicitors run upon mortgages. If they would only stop to think for a moment, they would see that you couldn't possibly watch a safe mortgage go up and down. I left my solicitor alone and consulted Henry on the subject. In the intervals between golf and golf, Henry dabbles in finance.' "'You don't want anything gilt-edged, I gather,' he said. "'It's wonderful how they talk.' "'I want it to go up and down,' I explained patiently, and indicated the required movement with my umbrella. "'What about a little flutter in oil?' he went on, just like a financier in a novel. "'I'll have a little flutter in raspberry jam, if you like, as long as I can rush every night for the last edition of the evening papers and say now and then, "'Good heavens, I'm ruined!' "'Then you'd better try a gold mine,' said Henry bitterly, in the voice of one who has tried. "'Take your choice,' and he threw the papers over to me. "'I don't want a whole mine, only a vein or two. "'Yes, this is very interesting,' I went on, as I got among the West Africans. "'The scoring seems to be pretty low. "'I suppose it must have been a wet wicket. "'H.E. Reef, one and three-quarters, two. "'He did a little better in the second innings, one-half. "'Boffin River.' five-sixteenths, seven-sixteenths. They followed on, you see, but they saved the inning's defeat. By the way, which figure do I really keep my eye on when I watch them go up and down? Both, one eye on each, and don't talk about Boffin River to me. Is it like that, Henry? I am sorry. I suppose it is too late now to offer you a safe mortgage at five per cent. I know a man who has some. Well, perhaps you're right. On the next day I became a magnate. The Jaguar mine was the one I fixed upon, for two reasons. First, the figure immediately after it was one, which struck me as a good point from which to watch it go up and down. Secondly, I met a man at lunch who knew somebody who had actually seen the Jaguar mine. He says that there's no doubt about there being lots there. Lots of what? Jaguars or gold? Ah, he didn't say. Perhaps he meant Jaguars. Anyhow, it was an even chance, and I decided to risk it. In a week's time, I was the owner of what we call in the city a block of jaguars, bought from one Herbert Bellingham, who, I suppose, had been got at by his solicitor and compelled to return to something safe. I was a West African magnate. My first two months as a magnate were a great success. With my heart in my mouth, I would tear open the financial editions of the evening paper to find one day that jaguars had soared like a rocket to one and one-sixteenth the next day that they had dropped like a stone to one and one thirty-second. There was one terrible afternoon when, for some reason, which will never be properly explained, we sank to fifteen sixteenths. 
I think the European situation had something to do with it, though this naturally is not admitted. Lord Rothschild, I fancy, suddenly threw all his jaguars on the market. He sold and sold and sold, and only held his hand when, in desperation, the Tsar granted the concession for his new South End to Siberia Railway. Something like that. But he never wrecked how the private investor would suffer. And there was I, sitting at home and sending out madly for all the papers, until my rooms were littered with copies of The Times, The Financial News, Answers, The Feathered World, and Home Chat. Next day we were up to thirty-one thirty seconds. I breathed again. But I had other pleasures than these. Previously I had regarded the city with awe, but now I felt a glow of possession come over me whenever I approached it. Often in these first two months I used to lean against the mansion house in a familiar sort of way. Once I struck a match against the Royal Exchange, and what an impression of financial acumen I could make in a drawing-room by a careless reference to my block of jaguars. Even those who misunderstood me and thought I spoke of my flock of jaguars were startled. Indeed, life was very good just then. But lately things have not been going well. At the beginning of April, jaguars settled down at one and one-sixteenths. Though I stood for hours at the club tape, my hair standing up on end and my eyeballs starting from their sockets, jaguars still came through steadily at one and one-sixteenths. To give them a chance of doing something, I left them alone for a whole week, with what agony you can imagine. Then I looked again. A whole week and anything might have happened. Pauper or millionaire? No. Still one and one-sixteenth. Worse was to follow. Editors actually took to leaving out jaguars altogether. I suppose they were sick of putting one and one-sixteenth in every edition. But how ridiculous it made my idea seem of watching them go up and down. How blank life became again. And now what I dreaded most of all has happened. I have received a progress report from the mine. It gives the total footage for the months, special reference being made to cross-cutting, winzing, and sinking. The amount of tons crushed is announced. There is serious talk of ore being extracted. Indeed, there has already been a most alarming yield in fine gold. In short, I can no longer be hushed up that the property may at any moment be placed on a dividend-paying basis. Probably I shall be getting a safe five percent. Dash it all, as I said to my solicitor this morning, I might just as well have bought a rotten mortgage. End of chapter 17